What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards and record a podcast about collecting sports cards for all of you. Really appreciate you tuning in and telling a damn friend about this show. Today, I want to thank our good friends, the unofficial sponsor, Fruit Stripe Gum. If you're trying to get a burst of flavor when you're chewing gum, look no further than for fruit stripe gum. It might not last long, but those first couple seconds, man, you can't beat it. You just keep chomping and you just feeling energized. And that's what the good people at Fruit Stripe Gum are doing for all of us collectors. They, they're collector first. Fruit Stripe Gum is a collector first gum manufacturer. So just want to say thank you for your unofficial sponsorship. Keep chewing away, all of you. I just got done watching SummerSlam last night. Ended at uh, midnight, eight matches on the card. One thing that I'll just say about WWE, which I really enjoy, is just the evolution of the premium live event. They have become, they've gone from forgettable to something to talk about and very enjoyable. And I... I'm thinking about last night, thinking about all the entertainment and everything that went down. We've got our good friend, uh, the Pokemon flag uh, waver, Logan Paul, the influencer of them all, actually is a unbelievable WWE superstar. His match with Ricochet was off the charts. He is, just continues to impress me. Talk about Pokemon. How about the Blake Martinez of it all? We don't get into the rumor and innuendo and the dirt around here, but geez, I don't even really know what, what happened, but it sounds like he was uh, running a, uh, a scheme over there, a little, little uh, Pokemon scheme on the whatnot of it all, but uh, that's never ne- neither here nor there. Really enjoyed Rollins, Balor, Women's Triple Threat, Roman Reigns, Retains, What's New, Cody and Brock. I mean, geez, SummerSlam is here and gone, and if you're out there and you enjoyed it, what was your favorite match? What did you enjoy? Um, does it inspire you to collect wrestling cards? Are you collecting wrestling cards? Um, I think there's so much fun, excitement, and energy in that segment. We are here during training camp. We've got our teams. They're doing their things. Um, I have been highly engaged, especially on from the fact that we have a brand new quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who is continuing to show signs of being able to throw the ball down the field, which is something that we haven't necessarily had over the course of the last uh, several years. So excited about that. Not excited about the Jonathan Taylor of it all. But you know what? I don't know. It's, it is what it is. We'll see how it works out. Um, we're five, as I record this, five Sundays away from real football. I'm excited to um, get to the stadium. I'm excited to see the squad. I think the kind of life feels like it gets a jolt of energy once football season is here. Um, football cards um, kind of pair well with it. Um, it is a year-round thing, but um, seems like a little more excitement and a little more energy goes into the football card community once the season kicks off. So I'm really excited about that. Today's episode, I really want to dig in on um, resetting the collection a little bit post um, madness of the national. I want to talk a little bit about what that means. I want to also discuss um, just some activity that went on uh, just in the hobby. I want to most specifically something that I was in, involved with, with a card that wasn't legit or doesn't appear to be legit, but 
really a story of community and the power of the community and why we should always um, have conversations with our friends and take action when we can. One of the things I want to visit out top up front is this commentary I put out there last week and just talking about the national and how 10% of it is for me and that 90% is not for me. Um, but I think it's this continued theme that I think we should always think about, especially on the heels of these big, big events about just shrinking the hobby seat. I think there is, I want to make this clear, there's zero opposition for me about accepting and being open to the various segments that our hobby has. I think diversity helps the hobby grow. And so I don't want to isolate. I don't want to shut people off. I think the hobby is big enough where we can all have our things and enjoy it in our different ways. There's so many flavors and that's really good. But I think the way it's presented to us as collectors isn't great. It's, um, okay, you do sports cards, so let's throw everything in one room. For me as a collector, um, and that's how I'll identify, okay, we all have our different lanes and segments. And I would imagine a majority of you listening to this show would identify as a collector too, because most of what I'm talking about on this show on a regular basis and the people that I'm bringing in to curate um, stories are collectors. So for me, it's all about efficiency. And there's nothing less efficient that I have understood about just the experience of being in the hobby than going to a card show um, like the National. And I understand a lot of you like that, going to the show, spending time um, digging through boxes, going around, finding the different things. But for me, I would appreciate more of a straightforward, efficient experience. And maybe that's just because I love curated experience. I love when I'm consuming content. I love when I'm being a, a dad, when I'm being a husband, when I'm doing those different things, curated experiences. Uh, stand out to me. I think about just being an athletic football or being an athletic subscriber. And when I open up the app, it knows the types of things I like that knows the teams. And so all the content that it's delivering to me is curated for me. I think about um, being Apple music and listening to music, streaming it and opening up my Apple music app. And it knows what I'm listening to and it knows what I like. And I think trimming out the fat saves time and it gets me to where I want to be closer. So of course I want the hobby to grow. Of course, I want things like hobby Instagram to grow, but also I realize that it, as it grows, I need to be more intentional about my own personal curation. When we think about just sharing, when we think about connecting with other people in the community, like we all have our interests. I'm here for the cards. I spend time when I have it on Instagram asking questions that'll help ignite conversations around cards. So this past Saturday, I said, woke up had a minute drinking coffee. And I just asked the question, it was, what was the last personal grail that you want in auction? And I want, I asked that question because I want to serve as an ignition for people to share their cards on a Saturday and then share the stories behind those cards. I think the more that we share around cards, the reasons why we love these cards and the reason why we bought them, how we won them, um, what we had to do to get them, I think that helps ignite and ex- inspires the collecting community, the collecting segment of the hobby. And when I talk and think about myself as a collector, the concept is really easy. It's I would rather have these cards and own these cards than the money that would be associated with them. So 
And that's really when I'm making moves and trying to process and get other cards. It's really, that's how it works. It's like, I look at my cards in my case and I say, you know what? Now is a moment in time where I'd rather have the money than the card. And so then I sell the card so then I can go fund another purchase. It's this constant cycle. And there's a lot of people who do that. And a lot of you are shaking your head and you're probably one of those. And so when I am on Instagram, when I'm at a show, when I'm talking with other collectors, I want to meet other people that are here for the cards. So a lot has been said over the last you know several weeks or so about just this junk content era we're in. I don't care about influencers. I don't care about pictures of money. I especially don't care if you're staging content on a reel because you're trying to get people to click and get into your funnel. We're collectors and we're here for the connection and to grow our damn collection. So what we need to do is to continue to find opportunities and ways to shrink the hobby C, whether it's at a show, whether it is in an Instagram chat, whether it's with a community, whatever it is. But the more that we can find ways to say, you know what, there's all this stuff on the periphery in the hobby that's going on that people want to do that might not be for us and say, accept that and say, that's okay that that's going on as long as no one's trying to take advantage of each other. But we can spend our, our energy in figuring out ways to be connected to more people like us that are doing the hobby like us, because the more we as a community align ourselves with other people, that's when the energy and the excitement goes. And that's when the organic growth that a lot of these uh, companies these influencers, these people are trying to get, but never will because it's not authentic. You've got to be authentic. You've got to be trustworthy. And those connections that we get as we shrink the hobby seat are second to none. I want to say thank you to my good pal, Pack Nicholson. John was on the show last week. It is in the archive. If you have not got a chance to listen to that episode, Make sure you do. Collector stories are what fuel this hobby, and we're all in different stages. And nothing was more evident for me than seeing what was going down at the National and the way people organized their collections to get bigger and better cards. I learned so much from so many amazing collectors this year, and it's something that I'll be taking with me moving forward. I think there are some very strategic collectors out there, very stoic collectors. And I think my role and what I'm trying to do is help bring those stories to you to help inspire and really enjoy that one from Pack. Love the LeBron. It's always good to have him on the show. And we will be doing more of these. This week, I've got my man, Wrestling Card Wizard, on the show. And the reason why he's going to be on the show is we had a little bit of back and forth on the. IG DMs. And he asked me the question. He said, if you had a buddy who wanted to get into sports cards today, how would you guide their experience? And then his follow-up question was, what does collecting mean in 2023? And I love those questions. I said, Hey man, let's, why don't you just come on the show and let's dig into those and talk about them. So so, uh, this Friday, we're going to be talking about those two topics. If you had a buddy who wanted to get into sports cards today, how would you guide their experience? And then the second one was, what does collecting mean in 2023? So I am very excited to, and I want to shout out Wrestling Card Wizard because he has been uh, creating some graphics for our unofficial sponsors that I have been posting on my IG story. So unofficially, we are promoting our unofficial sponsors because that's what we do around here. And don't forget to buy your pack of Fruit Stripes gum. Chew it, baby. It's a flavor rainbow. Let's freaking go. I want to talk about this story that happened to me this week that just shows the power of the community in our hobby. 
there was a card that was posted for auction that looked a little funny. And so this is a story that I think shows the power of the community. And also I'm going to shout out where it came from and and the promotion of it uh, and the whole experience and just how this company managed through this, because I know there oftentimes when companies do things that aren't great, the story ends and people are just pissed off. But hopefully this one, we can share some positive news about what happened and how action was taken. So the story starts with the 1998 Bowman's Best autographed Peyton Manning Atomic Refractor BGS-10 Auto 10. This card was posted for auction going up in auction or was currently at auction by PWCC. Now, this card this is a card that I lost at auction when eBay was, or when PWCC was selling through eBay. So this one kind of pains me. I lost it a couple times. I um, mean, I've never gotten a really good chance at it. Um, not this copy specifically, but just the card in general. It's serial numbered. It's shiny. It's a rookie card. It's got all the good qualities of my favorite player of all time. I think the problem with this card is that the autograph is infamous for fading. And part of the reason why I'm not a f- fan massive fan of autographs on chromium base cards is because that they can fade and the likelihood that they'll fade is a lot higher and so the copy this card specifically like if any manning collector has seen this card chances are that the auto is not pristine so i don't know when you're spending all this money on these types of cards and the autograph plays such a big role you just want it to be as good as possible and so i say this because i I'm not a fan of chromium-based autographs as much as just autographs on paper, but I'm sure technology is better today than it was in 1998, or at least I hope so. So my first exposure to this listing was when it was shared in our Manning group, and I did not go back and look through the thread because there's been a lot of dialogue, but it was shared by one of our collectors in the group. And Immediately when I saw the card in the listing, I could tell something was off about the autograph. Most notably, the autograph just didn't look like Manning's. It was extremely, it was, it just didn't look like Manning's autograph has been very consistent from his rookie year all the way to today. And so whenever you see a Manning autograph, you just know it's the Peyton Manning autograph and there's no questions. But this autograph especially on this card in a BGS 10, 10 auto just seemed off. It was very bold and the autograph, just the loops, it just didn't look like Manning's autograph. And so when the card was shared, everyone in the group kind of came to the conclusion that this isn't legit and that the likelihood was that this card was wiped and retraced or something like that. So Thursday night, PWCC started to promote the card. So the autograph before the promotion, the autograph or the card was shared. And then kind of what set us over the top is when that it started to become promoted by PWCC. Now, my card knowledge isn't anywhere near many of the collectors that are in the group. They've been doing it longer than me. They've been in Manning cards longer than me. But I knew based on their conviction and the fact that it didn't pass the sniff test for me, that something was wrong with this or something was off. And when the card was promoted and it came back to the thread, I finally decided that, you know what, like there's so many things that happen in the hobby that 
we get wrapped up and we were just like, you know, we don't have time to like do anything for this. But like, this was like our segment. This was like our area. Like this is a big card for Manning collectors. So instead of just staying pat, like I decided to not like in a malicious way, but publicly state that like there's an issue with this card. And I think one of the benefits of having a show like this and being extremely active is that there's an audience around what is being said, which is awesome. So my comment, this card was posted on Twitter and then this card was posted by PWCC on Instagram. And my comment was, yo, this card looks like it's been wiped and retraced. That auto is infamous for fading and doesn't look like his auto. And so I I put those out there. And then moments later, kind of my Manning homies, the group kind of weighed in too. And again, nothing, none of it was like malicious. None of it was, hey, pointing fingers. It was just like trying to bring awareness that this card just doesn't measure up. So shortly after that, the card, the posts were taken down off of social media. So it was first taken down on Instagram. And then later it was taken down off of Twitter or X or whatever we were calling it the day, this day. Then the kind of conversation started with our group of friends where it was just like, all right, well, let's see if this card is actually taken down in the auction, because that's the most important part, which it was that car. I think it was the next day the card was taken down, which the moment of conversation to sharing and bringing awareness to the card being taken down off of social media, then to the card being taken down from the auction was like less than 24 hours, which was remarkable. And then none of that would have happened if it wasn't for the community, the community of collectors that went back and forth to talk about this. And then us saying, all right, now it's time to say something. I was sent a direct message from or by PWCC in confirmation that the card was taken down. Um, And I commend them for that. Like, I really do. I think that is the type of activity that we need when something funny is happening, we call something out, and then it's taken down. I received a message from a collector that I'm not going to name just because I'm not, I don't know if they want to be identified in this or not, but they, longtime collector, said um, 15 years ago, there was a member on the blowout former who was infamous for wiping and retracing these cards. So there was tribal knowledge there being shared and an example of someone who wouldn't just go out of their way to make something up, but said like, this in fact was an issue 15 years ago that people probably forgot about. And now this were one of our, these cards. So this card passed the BGS inspection, this card passed the PWCC inspection. And then the people who knew I think the problem with the fraud is that it's usually really, really good. And in our opinion, this case, it like it wasn't. But still, like because we're so focused and because we're so into our little niche of Manning, like the people are the experts that are evaluating the authenticity aren't the people that work at PWCC or BGS. They're us, the collectors. And so I'll take that because the focus over any third party any day of the week And I think this just validates it takes a community, it takes action to change things. So that is a very, I'm just feeling motivated. I'm excited. And the more we can band together and share ideas, talk, call stuff out, but do it in a way that's not malicious, do it in a way that you're trying to drive positive change. And that is something that I just wanted to call out. So well done, 
to all parties involved, I'm the more we can get together and make sure that positive change is happening when we see it, the better off we're going to be as a community. I wanted to end this episode by talking about just the jolt of energy I've had in the hobby just since the dust has been settled on the national. So I think seeing cards, thinking about cards, seeing all the transaction has caused me myself as a collector to reimagine what I'm doing in my collection. I think there's been so many cards that have come to market post-national and so many people have commented on like, I'm getting dream cards now because all the transactions that have happened, people are having to sell stuff and stuff's being popped up. And so um, that's exciting. And I think the, the many transactions have caused a flood. And I think the more that we can constantly evaluate and take our PC to judgment day and be the CEO of our PC and make those changes when we can, I think that's a really good thing. And if you're busy, I'll, I'll constantly beat this drum, like consignment, 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 and consolidation. The more I've done that, the and the faster and the speed I've done that, the quicker I've gotten to some of those cards that I thought were outside my range or cards that I never thought. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm thinking a lot about. I'm swinging for the fences and I'm always trying to be prepared. I'm, I sent a box away to my good buddy at Volume Accumulation, Chris, just to continue to keep movement alive so that I can be prepared and ready when those big cards pop up that are going to make my PC shine. And I think just never settle, always be adaptable. And the more that we can think about um, ways to do that and not feel stagnant, I think the better hobby experience that we're going to have. We have an awesome community. We have an awesome hobby. There's so much fun things going on. As long as eBay can fix their safe searches, that is driving me insane. You want me to cut a promo on that? Just fix it. We're all pissed off. Just fix it, please, eBay. It fix it because I can't click the save search and I can't go back to it and that not go back to clear it out. It just doesn't work and it's not good for my sanity. I'm literally going insane here. So eBay, if you want the host of the Stacking Slabs podcast, your hobby content alternative to not be maniacal and insane, fix your save searches, baby. There's a lot of fun things going on in the hobby. I really appreciate you coming by. I appreciate all the passion, the love that you share to me. We're all buying awesome cards. Make sure you share those cards publicly. Tell the stories behind the cards. The more you can share your passion, the more you can fuel this hobby, the more it will grow. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate you. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Go get out there. Buy some fruit stripe gum. Check out the episode, Wrestling Card Wizard, this Friday. This is Stacking Slabs. I am Brett, and this is your hobby content alternative.